0: The first time I met Dick, I was 26 years old and I had just eloped with his son. (laughs) Edmonton, Alberta was covered in snow, as it usually is. The family home was tidy. Dick was lying barefoot on the Chesterfield, which is Canadian for couch, and watching television. (laughs) Without getting up off the Chesterfield, without saying hello, Dick says to me, go down that hall, the room at the end of the hall. So I do, and he yells out directions to me from the Chesterfield, he never gets up, and I follow his directions and end up bringing him a shoebox from a desk drawer. I've got something for you, he says as he opens up the box. What he has for me, what he gives me, is a white plastic razor in the shape of a naked lady. Was this his razor that he used? Did he think I needed a shave? I had no idea. At any rate, I laughed and with that felt as if I'd passed some sort of test. Then he says, call me dad, which I think is weird because I already have a dad. But then I realized later that my thinking this is weird is more a symptom of my reserved upbringing and Dick is being genuine in his request. So, Dick is dad, and Dick was a friend. We both liked to laugh. As far as I could tell, coffee and cigarettes were his only sustenance. Um, He wasn't allowed to smoke in the house, so even in the freezing cold, he'd go barefoot outside to have a smoke. And I'd go with him. I'd sit on the steps, and I'd listen to his stories. I heard about how he'd become a truck driver, hauling pipes and logs across the northern Canadian plains once his truck had jackknifed and had almost been crushed to death. There was a time when he had moved the family out east to Ontario. He'd stopped driving trucks and instead had sold television sets at the Hudson's Bay Company. And these were glory days for the family. His bride, Rose, worked in a fur shop back then, and they were a dashing couple. Dick with his black hair slicked back, Rose in her long rabbit-skin coat, blonde hair piled high on her head, but then the family had moved back home to Alberta, and Dick returned to truck driving. He liked to read detective novels, and he liked to watch wrestling. wrestling He'd record the shows on VHS and watch them over and over and over. And Dick and I would watch wrestling together. He'd point out his favorite moves by his favorite stars. Jeez, that's gotta hurt, he'd say. You can't script that, and then he'd <laughs> rewind and play the scene all over again. (laughs) Over the course of the five years or so that I knew Dick, he had always been thin, but he started getting thinner. Then there were swollen, open sores on his legs. Dick didn't mind going into clinics because he liked to flirt with nurses and then brag about it afterward. And at the time, healthcare in Alberta was guaranteed, but severely underfunded. So Dick would see a different doctor every single time he went in. And he was told not to worry, that these were just slow healing wounds. But the doctors were wrong, and he was riddled with cancer. The last time I saw Dick at home, he was, as always, lying barefoot on the Chesterfield, I stayed in the living room with Dick while Rick, my then-husband, went into the kitchen to help Mum, who was putting on one of her typical dinners, a Ukrainian feast of many small plates. Padhe, cabbage rolls, pickled beets, pickled eggs, pickled pickles, sliced white bread, fried pork chops. Come here, Dick says to me. So I sat down on the couch next to him. I'm gonna tell you something that I've never told anybody before. Okay, I said. I felt the weight of last words, the gravity of a secret. Although it took tremendous effort, Dick grasped my wrist and pulled himself part way up off the Chesterfield. He stared right into my eyes as if to burn words onto my soul. He whispered so that nobody else could hear. His voice was hoarse because he'd been a smoker for the past 60 years. And he was talking quickly, because he knew he was running out of time. So there he was, talking fast, whispering hoarsely, grabbing my arms, staring into my eyes, and I could not understand what he was saying. I can't say, could you speak more clearly, or repeat that, please? So I nodded and held his hand as he fell back down onto the cushions and fell asleep. Several days later, Dick died with grace and dignity. And for all these years, I've been trying to figure out what he told me. From the tone in his voice, the expression on his face, the few words that I could make out, I'm pretty sure it was life advice. I think he had always regretted giving up that television sales job. But was that really it? I never understood the naked lady razor, but I loved it and I still have it. Same with Dick's Secret. I'd like to think that it was a command to keep being who you are and to keep on selling TVs, if that's what you love to do. But I will never know, because it's still a secret. And that's part of the gift. It's something I can endlessly read into. It's an imperative to keep decoding and interpreting, to keep wonder alive. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.